In a sense, the unlimited appetite of miners allows them to eat whatever remains of the, quote, duck's belly. Given these benefits, we believe it makes logical sense for utility-scale storage developers to augment their current battery offerings with Bitcoin miners. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan, and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. We have a really awesome, this dropped yesterday, but I wasn't able to get it out before uh, before I was uh, roped into a whole bunch of stuff yesterday afternoon. Um, so I'm getting this out today, but this is an awesome white paper slash like memo from uh, Square and Arc Invest. And it is presenting a model that they have developed that shows just how great the magnitude of shift is when Bitcoin mining is combined with renewable energy sources. And I'm talking about the profitability shift. And where there have been strict limits on the efficiency and cost effectiveness of building out solar and wind infrastructure and additional capacity, Bitcoin mining could totally change the game. And not just a little bit, but to potentially make renewable financially viable to a scale that may even possibly satisfy the entire consumption of our energy grid. Uh, right now, their model is a work in progress and is basically holding everything static. They're trying to get pull together more accurate pricing and market conditions to make a better sense of the business models and opportunities that this basically exposes. So there's a lot more to come from this topic, and I'll be following this very closely. This is really exciting and just cool stuff to me. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it. But before we do, I want to make sure that you have your keys safely stored in your possession on your Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Future's going to be a crazy place. There's lots of chaos on our horizon and lots of disruption. Make sure you are holding your own keys. The Bitbox O2 is a very simple, easy to use and open source way to do that. And then that you are regularly and automatically stacking with Swan Bitcoin for your savings plan. And of course, they will withdraw for free automatically straight to your BitBox. So uh, these guys are not only our sponsors, but my complete honest opinion, they are among the best of the services and products available in the Bitcoin space uh, and crucial to your Bitcoin plan. So check them out at GuySwan.com. And for the BitBox, don't forget that coupon code GUY, G-U-Y, will get you 50% off. I've had a number of people forget that uh, that was an option. All right, with that, let's get into today's read, and it's titled, Bitcoin is Key to an Abundant Clean Energy Future, a research report released as part of Square's Bitcoin Clean Energy Initiative. In this memo, we aim to explain how the Bitcoin network functions as a unique energy buyer that could enable society to deploy substantially more solar and wind generation capacity. This deployment, along with energy storage, aims to facilitate the transition to a cleaner 
and more resilient electricity grid. We believe that the energy asset owners of today can become the essential Bitcoin miners of tomorrow. About this memo. The Bitcoin Clean Energy Initiative has developed this short research paper as a starting point to share our vision for how Bitcoin mining, in conjunction with renewable energy and storage, is especially well-suited to accelerate the energy transition. To complement this work, ARK Invest has contributed an open-source model that demonstrates how Bitcoin mining could augment these renewable and storage systems to supply a larger percentage of a grid's baseload energy demand for comparable or lower cost unit economics. This work is merely the beginning of what we hope will be a fruitful exploration of solutions to help usher in an abundant, clean energy future. Highlights Bitcoin mining presents an opportunity to accelerate the global energy transition to renewables by serving as a complementary technology for clean energy production and storage. Solar and wind are now the least expensive energy sources in the world, but are hitting deployment bottlenecks primarily because of their intermittent power supply and grid congestion. Bitcoin miners, as a flexible load option, could potentially help solve much of these intermittency and congestion problems, allowing grids to deploy substantially more renewable energy. By deploying more solar and wind, these generation technologies will likely fall even further down their respective cost curves, bringing them closer to zero marginal cost energy production. A unique energy buyer. Bitcoin miners are unique energy buyers in that they offer highly flexible and easily interruptible load, provide payout in a globally liquid cryptocurrency, and are completely location agnostic, requiring only an internet connection. These combined qualities constitute an extraordinary asset, an energy buyer of last resort that can be turned on or off at a moment's notice anywhere in the world. Renewable energy is now the cheapest energy. The levelized cost of energy, LCOE, for solar and wind has fallen 90% and 71% respectively over the last decade. The unsubsidized costs of solar and wind energy are now 3 to 4 cent per kilowatt hour and 2 to 5 cent per kilowatt hour respectively. Certain individual projects have had even lower costs. For context, the average LCOE for fossil fuels, such as coal or natural gas, is roughly 5 to 7 cents per kilowatt hour. This means that solar and wind are already at a lower price point than coal and natural gas. Solar and wind energy also just reached cost parity with both geothermal and hydroelectric, which at around 3 to 5 cents per kilowatt hour are inexpensive but geographically limited. There will always be inexpensive individual sites for different power sources, like hydro or geothermal, but on the whole, solar and wind are now the lowest cost and most scalable. What's more, we believe they will only continue to get more affordable over time. 
We believe this is especially true for solar, a semiconductor technology, which has consistently declined in price by 20 to 40% per doubling of cumulative capacity deployed. Temporal supply and demand mismatch and grid congestion. Solar and wind energy, however, both suffer from one major deficiency versus more expensive baseload power like natural gas or nuclear. Intermittency. In the energy industry, this results in what is known as the duck curve. In essence, the sun shines during the day, but not at night. Wind is more unpredictable, but tends to blow more heavily at night. Energy supply, therefore, is either abundant or non-existent. Demand, however, peaks around the late afternoon or early morning when people arrive home and turn on appliances, at which time neither solar nor wind are abundantly available. The end result is significantly more power than society typically needs for a few hours per day and not nearly enough when demand spikes. This same challenge also plays out seasonally, as the sun shines more during the summer and the wind blows more during the winter. These deficiencies are further exacerbated by grid congestion, which is similar to highway traffic and frequently occurs because solar and wind projects are often built in rural areas with lots of sunlight and wind, but little nearby load, i.e. end power users, and transmission capacity. Because of these challenges, there are more than 200 gigawatts of delayed solar and wind capacity currently in just three U.S. grid interconnection queues. These are solar and wind projects which have developers and financing readily available, but which grids physically cannot accommodate. Increased transmission capacity and energy storage will be critical to solving these problems, especially as lithium-ion batteries continue to fall down their cost curve. For the moment, though, utility-scale batteries are still too expensive to deploy universally. After they fall in another 80% in cost, they will still face physical limitations around their useful lifespan and for how long they can store energy without dissipation. They will, however, be the most critical technology in storing inexpensive midday solar power for evening peak demand. Bitcoin mining is an ideal complement for generation and storage. Bitcoin miners, on the other hand, are an ideal complementary technology for renewables and storage. Combining generation with both storage and miners presents a better overall value proposition than building generation and storage alone. As mentioned above, there will always be physical limitations to how much energy can be cost-effectively stored without dissipation. However, the daily intermittency challenge can be met almost entirely with just a few hours of storage capacity. By combining miners with renewables and storage projects, we believe it could 1. Improve the returns for project investors and developers, moving more solar and wind projects into profitable territory. 2. Allow for the construction of solar and wind projects even before lengthy grid interconnection studies are completed, as Bitcoin miners can offtake the energy until selling it to the grid becomes possible. 3. 
provide the grid with readily available excess energy for increasingly common black swan events like excessively hot or cold days where demand spikes. For example, the early 2021 outages in Texas. Note that this excess energy will also be quite useful as society's electricity demands increase with the proliferation of electric vehicles and the electrification of all devices. In a sense, the unlimited appetite of miners allows them to eat whatever remains of the, quote, duck's belly. Given these benefits, we believe it makes logical sense for utility-scale storage developers to augment their current battery offerings with Bitcoin miners. Long-Term Implications We believe there are two large implications if Bitcoin mining becomes normalized as an energy buyer of last resort. First, the amount of solar and wind energy on the grid could increase dramatically. As noted above, there's currently over 200 gigawatts of delayed solar and wind capacity in the interconnection queues of just three U.S. electricity markets. For context, that's approximately double the amount of solar and wind capacity currently installed there. As society starts deploying more solar and wind, we believe it should bring their LCOE even further down their cost curves, making the next batch of solar and wind even more affordable. If the LCOE falls, it could potentially unlock profitable new use cases for that electricity, like desalinating water, removing CO2 from the atmosphere, or producing green hydrogen. Some experts in the field expect that the marginal cost of producing new electricity will actually approach zero. The second major potential impact could be a sizable transformation and greening of the Bitcoin mining industry. It's estimated that there's only 10 to 20 gigawatts of mining capacity worldwide today. Deploying miners at even 20% capacity with the above-mentioned 200 gigawatts of delayed solar and wind projects on U.S. grids alone could result in 40 gigawatts of new mining capacity, effectively dwarfing the entirety of the existing global market. Note that while many of these projects would likely be built quote, behind the meter to utilize otherwise curtailed solar and wind power whenever possible, they would likely still mine with grid electricity during other periods when profitable to do so, so it wouldn't be entirely green from day one. But if solar and wind become even less expensive and constitute an increasingly large portion of baseload power, the ultimate trend would continue moving quickly toward renewable-dominated hash rate. We believe deploying such a large amount of new, geographically diverse hash rate would also have the second-order consequence of strengthening the security of the Bitcoin network, potentially further entrenching Bitcoin as a sound currency for all. This section of the memo was written by the team at ARK Invest. With real-world data, we, ARK Invest, demonstrate that Bitcoin mining could encourage investment in solar systems, solar grids, and batteries, enabling renewables to generate a higher percentage of grid power with potentially no change in the cost of electricity. Without Bitcoin mining, solar, an intermittent energy source, 
could supply only 40% of grid power before utilities would face the need to fund significant investments with higher electricity prices. With Bitcoin mining integrated into a solar system, however, energy providers, whether utilities or independent entities, would have the ability to play the arbitrage between electricity prices and Bitcoin prices, as well as potentially sell the surplus solar and supply almost all grid power demands without lowering profitability. The graph above illustrates the impact that Bitcoin mining could have on the adoption of solar systems. Assuming a constant cost of electricity, it traces what percentage of power solar could provide to the grid. The y-axis is the power generated by solar. The x-axis is battery capacity. The size of each circle is proportionate to the size of the Bitcoin mining operation. At each point, the solar system provides a different percentage of the grid's needs. As Bitcoin mining scales, the solar system increases in size and provides a higher percentage of the grid's needs. Increasing Bitcoin mining capacity could allow the energy provider to overbuild solar without wasting energy. In the bottom left of the chart, in the absence of Bitcoin mining, Renewables can satisfy only 40% of the grid's needs. In the top right of the chart, including solar, batteries, and Bitcoin mining, can satisfy 99% of the grid's demand. Our model demonstrates that integrated Bitcoin mining could transfigure intermittent power resources into baseload-capable generation stations. It suggests that the addition of Bitcoin mining into power developers' toolboxes should increase the overall addressable market for renewable and intermittent power sources. All else equal, with Bitcoin mining, renewable energy could provision a large percentage of any locality's power economically. As a follow-on effect, cost declines associated with scaling renewables should most likely accelerate leaving them even more economically competitive at equilibrium. We provide an open-source version and more detailed breakdown of the model and its assumptions here, link provided. It'll be in the show notes if you want to check it out. Next steps. There are still some important remaining questions about how the above vision could play out. We see at least three meaningful business opportunities. One. Energy management software and services. Energy management companies that specialize in both storage and mining could build software to decide in real time the best use for a newly created electron, whether to use it, store it, or mine it. They could also provide key asset management tools and analytics to monitor project performance. 2. Energy and miner marketplaces. Managed marketplaces could emerge to connect project developers, miners, and financiers. One key challenge would be solving the current creditworthiness threshold requirements for existing miners. 3. ASIC manufacturing. New chip foundries could be built to meet the expected surge in demand. Samsung and TSMC are leading the way with recent announcements of new North American plants, 
We also expect to see continued hardware and firmware improvements to increase the durability of mining equipment optimized for interruptible power usage. Call to action. The Bitcoin and energy markets are converging, and we believe the energy asset owners of today will likely become the miners of tomorrow. Utility executives, sustainable infrastructure funds, and grid-scale storage developers are well-positioned to expedite this future by aligning their strategic roadmap and deploying large-scale investments into the emerging synergy between Bitcoin mining and clean energy production. We plan to follow up with more research explorations and additional resources focused on the intersection of Bitcoin and clean energy. Contact Bitcoin-Energy at squareup.com. All right, great little release uh, memo uh, joint from ARK Invest and Square. And I definitely, definitely want to dig into a lot of the key points of this piece and go a little bit deeper. There's actually a lot of links here that um, I've uh, dug into um, kind of expanding on some of these ideas. And I think there's a lot to actually unpack here. So let's hit our sponsor really quick and then we will get guys take on this piece. Yesterday, I stacked some Bitcoin using DCA. Swanbitcoin.com slash guy is the way. It was yesterday, automatically. Suddenly, they withdrew it to my keys. Oh, my Bitbox O2, it is safely. Oh, yesterday, Swan stacked for me. Why don't I instant buy? I need more. Is that okay? Low fees, the price went up now. I long for yesterday. Yesterday, my stack was smaller, but there's more today. The future's bright, Swan Bitcoin stacks for me. I saved on fees because I prepaid. Just one more week, more sats for me. SwanBitcoin.com slash guy. Free sats to start your automatic savings plan. So this, this is pretty devastating to the Bitcoin destroys the environment argument. Um, and, you know, there's a lot, you know, we've read Nick Carter, like he's done such a good job of breaking down the theory of this and the kind of economics of how Bitcoin mining is going to play a role. And then we dug into the CT shareholder letter and exactly their framing on this as well. And they're, you know, a Norwegian energy giant and um, or, or the company uh, uh, Anchor uh, that uh, started CT. Um, and their entire, their entire role in this was to figure out just how powerful of a mechanism Bitcoin mining was in exactly this sort of thing, in meeting quotas, in uh, removing waste from energy production, and tying these two industries together. 
You know, a lot of Bitcoiners have been saying this for a while, that energy production and Bitcoin mining are going to be equated one day. They are going to be the same industry. The, the, economics, simply, the economics simply line up that way, and it is too good of a buyer of last resort. Energy buyer of last resort is really the, great, uh, the better way to think about it, but it's a buffer, right? It is an economic buffer to actually make all wasted energy not wasteful. And the most incredible thing about this is that the very economic benefit you get from producing energy is the most basic of, like it is the most fundamental resource that exists. Energy. That is it. Everything else derives from the cost and the economics of energy. There is nothing that can ignore the reality of that. It is all dependent on it. And the idea that we can remove all of the waste, we can essentially remove every kilowatt, every watt of waste energy and turn it into a means of securing the very money, the very economic reward that one gets from producing energy. You actually get sound money from producing it is kind of poetic. It is really amazing to think that it is so... It is at such a base layer in society. This is why I think thinking of Bitcoin as an app is so misguided. Because not only is it an infrastructure element in the context of like a financial protocol, not only is it a base layer consensus protocol for money, but it is, it's even at the most basic industry in the real world. Like where it connects to, where it connects to the legacy system is with the actual energy production. It's actually at the most fundamental layer of manuf of the industrial grit of the real world, which is just it just it's fascinating to see how deep, like at, at how base of a layer Bitcoin is in everything that it does. And I really think it's going to absolutely, it's going to take over the foundation of so many things. But this piece really really drives home the, uh, the fact that ARK Invest, that they've put together a model for showing exactly what that profitability could be for combining Bitcoin mining with the solar and energy storage industry by, by basically having a three-sided three like capacity um, or, or production mechanism uh, that essentially can feed off of each other, right? Is that Bitcoin mining can fill in the gap when the storage can't make up for it. It can, it's, the, it's that buffer. Um, because it's the energy buyer of last resort, um, it can be exactly what prevents uh, the constant spread of an installation of additional solar energy from bogging down the entire grid when there's clearly not enough storage to actually manage it uh, it can it can basically soak up all of that excess energy while at the exact same time because it's economically profitable it's it can continue to build out the the solar grid without the waste or, or without the uh without lowering the marginal return of a new solar panel so there's actually a really great talk uh, i've mentioned it before on this show uh, it's a ted talk my guy who's talking about like trying to reframe the concept or, or, or the thinking around nuclear energy and specifically around thorium 
uh, and the fact that it's a far, far cleaner, less dangerous, and vastly more uh, both abundant and uh, easy to like handle the waste. Like the, the waste isn't even like dangerous. Um, uh, but thorium as a uh, nuclear fuel is just a really incredible technology. But because of the incredible regulation and the the stigma around nuclear, it's basically not been explored at all. So we're leaps and bounds ahead of what we think of as nuclear energy from the 70s and 80s as far as the technology or the research goes. But the industry itself, the nuclear that actually exists still, is trash. Like it's old, it's outdated, and um, and because the regulations and the difficulty of actually implementing it is just so high. Everything's so incredibly difficult and incredibly costly because of all of these artificial barriers. It's just not able to move into the future. Um, so he talks about this, but one of the things, not not trying to get off on thorium here, but um, uh, one of the things he talks about is that solar and wind, because they are intermittent energy sources, have caps on just how long or, or just how much of the grid they can be installed on until they're useless, until it is basically gives no benefit whatsoever to install another wind turbine or another solar panel. And I want to give just a little thought experiment of exactly why that is. I think he said, and it's different for any particular grid or particular situation, you know, based on how much sunlight and, you know, where it's located in this sort of thing. Um, I think he said overall in the United States, basically the cap is somewhere between 15 and 20 before the marginal utility, marginal utility meaning adding an, another solar panel gets you significantly less than the last solar panel in the context of viable, sellable, economically profitable energy production. Um, at some point, the fact that there's such a huge difference between when those solar panels and wind turbines are producing energy versus when that energy is being consumed. So, you know, peak, peak in the middle of the day, the solar panels are producing, um, you know, just throwing a number out, they're producing 200 kilowatt hours, but uh, during that time of day, only 100 kilowatt hours are actually being consumed. And then in the late, in the afternoon to late afternoon uh, hours, uh, consumption suddenly spikes up to 1,000 kilowatt hours, and suddenly the solar panels are only producing 25 or maybe nothing. Well, adding another solar panel in that context, if you don't already have a battery that's definitely going to soak up that um, excess energy in the middle of the day and be able to actually use it at night, which will also add the cost of the battery into the equation, which means the price difference between the midday production and the, the afternoon evening consumption should actually be pretty significant because whereas there is no excess infrastructure needed to consume it at noon, now you have to roll it into this entirely new mechanism. These batteries that degrade and dissipate over time, they're ex very expensive. They're you know chemically bad for the planet, like all of this stuff. I mean, granted, uh, battery technology is way, way better and continuing to accelerate. Um, so I think there's a huge potential there. But still, right now, it's kind of a kind of a mess and very expensive. 
well, to then be able to access that in the late afternoon, evening, that's a huge increase in the economic cost of getting the energy from when it's produced to when it's consumed. So if you add another solar panel, all you do is actually give yourself more energy being produced when nobody's using it. Like, you know, if you, if you add your, you take that 200 kilowatt hours and you turn it into 220 kilowatt hours, but still there's only 100 kilowatt hours being used, all you did was just increase the, evac- the excess. You really just increased the waste that you were producing more than anything else. And it cost you to do that. And this is something that gets worse and worse the more and more solar and wind you get on the grid because you get an, an exaggerated, like crazy overabundance during the peak hours and you still have scarcity. You still have a shortage during the peak consumption hours. And because the battery storage industry, because the, the ability to store... Uh, like let's say a company comes in and they have X amount of batteries that can store maybe 100 kilowatt hours or something, and they come in. I'm using very low numbers just for simplicity, by the way. Um, but they come in and they say, oh, well, we can buy 100 kilowatt hours of your excess for one hour during the middle of the day, and it'll, be, it'll cost this much, and then they're hoping to sell it back for a profit later on in the evening. Well, now how many companies do you have to do business with for to take up all of that excess energy. There's basically this serious cap on what actually can be utilized. And Bitcoin mining absolutely changes this. Changes this in a massive way. Think about this from the context of a company that is trying to store energy with batteries. Now somebody who is storing that energy can go to an energy production company. They can actually do so. They can actually accomplish this at a lower price and make it way more profitable to even start into attempting to build out that infrastructure specifically because they can go, they can go in to an energy producer with Bitcoin miners and instead of trying to convince them to sell some tiny fraction of the excess for a below market price so that the storage company can get their spread out of it, they can come in and say, we will buy every single watt that you produce from this plant. Literally everything. We will take it. Maybe only 10% of that goes into some battery storage. Maybe only a small percentage of it is actually there for later use but they can offload every single excess watt into Bitcoin miners, which make their batteries worth the investment and allow them to actually build out additional battery, additional grid storage for peak hours so that it's actually economically viable if the energy energy production and the energy uh, consumption doesn't line up with some exact expectation. It becomes viable to handle a greater load because even in the most serious hours of consumption, if they have an excess of batteries, if the the storage doesn't even get completely used, we just redirect it back to the Bitcoin miners. It basically gives this huge buffer, this energy buyer of last resort that allows you to install twice the solar capacity 
and twice the storage capacity without losing any of the economic benefit. Just keep, just go back to securing the money and we still have all of this excess energy so that we can meet any variation in the demand and production. And it's all economically useful. This literally destroys the problem of the lower marginal return on additional solar and wind. And it actually does the same thing for pretty much all energy sources because it's such a, it's such a waste-destroying mechanism. In fact, that all of these things, that solar and battery are essentially semiconductor technologies, that these things benefit from that same sort of Moore's Law acceleration of the technology, you look at this five to ten years out, like this is, this is groundbreaking. You know, this becomes an information technology and it benefits from basically computers being able to micromanage these things. So rather than the mining industry, excuse me, the, the electricity production, the energy industry being this large mechanical system, it's going to be a smart technology. It's going to be a computerized and information-based industry. When Square uh, lists out a handful of the potential uh, business, like, like kind of enterprise opportunities here, one of them was energy marketplaces. And this is where the information technology side of having this tied to an explicit like derivatives in like monetary market and, you know, like roping this in with a lightning network and computer systems that can immediately judge the different viability of putting this into a battery, uh, 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 directing it towards Bitcoin miners or putting it into the grid is there's there's a massive potential in software efficiency, you know, creating exponential increases in, in exactly what to do with all of that excess and prevent waste at every single moment where a computer may very well be deciding that for the next 50 seconds we're going to pump this energy into our batteries and then for the minute and a half after that we're going to be putting it straight to the grid because of some variability in the demand and then for the next 20 minutes we're going to be pumping it into bitcoin miners until we're ready to amp back up the storage and that this can be done and decided on in real time making this like tying this all into information technology and making the base of all of these technologies or of this uh, uh of energy production dominated by information technologies increases the potential for efficiency in in an incredible way an absolutely incredible way and a lot of their models don't even account. It's basically like ARK Invest, the model that they created, um, I dug into. They have like two or three other things like kind of breaking down the specifics of it. And it's all basically held constant. They're, they're, um, the, the, this is largely based on an area in Texas, I believe. Uh, they said it's like in Austin, Texas or something like that. Uh, when they're using like um, cost of energy in general, um, they're trying basically just have, have a simple baseline where everything is held constant. And this is something they actually point out in the article or the, the white paper here is that this does not assume a or does not take into account the fact that as Bitcoin mining makes additional solar manufacturing and um, application or implementation on the grid, 
um, basically building out the amount of solar um, that's out there and bolstering the actual manufacturing of solar, it doesn't take into account that act, that actually causes a vast cost reduction in producing more solar because it, it you know gives that that benefit of manufacturing scale to the very industry that is that's benefiting from being able to offload to bitcoin miners so it not only makes the actual production of energy from solar more efficient it increases the economies of scale and the efficiency of producing more solar so it actually accelerates that 20 to 40% decline in the price of solar that we're already getting that that uh that statistics was i think that like every doubling in the amount of solar production capacity that we have there's a 20 to 40% decline in the price and the fact that that accelerates the doubling of the manufacturing capacity by having a easy way to monetize it instantly it simultaneously accelerates the price decline which again feedback loop and this continues on and one of the things i'm not sure who brett winton is but uh it's a link to i think he's with arc invest if i'm not mistaken um but again i read like four or five articles uh that are connected to this and they link to like breaking down into like more specifics um uh, some of the things that they're trying to get at in this uh, in this piece, um, but Brett writes in uh, in his article says, in addition and perhaps more importantly to power underwriters, we believe a mining attached solar system would be able to generate revenue as soon as it is internally wired, whereas today's system have to wait to sell power until they are interconnected and cleared to sell into the grid, a process which can take months. In addition, a system that relies upon differing and idiosyncratic revenue streams, if properly sized, could provide more reliable and predictable cash flows. This should have the effect of lowering cost of capital for power developers and, ultimate and, and ultimately result in cheaper renewable energy being offered to the grid. So what he's saying here, and this is something we've talked about a lot on the show, is that Bitcoin mining is an instant way to economize an energy production. So no matter what other limitation you may have, getting that energy to its customer, whether it be registering and getting cleared, you know, like getting the approval and permission and whatever to put this into the grid and sell it to the customers or building out the grid to your, you know, too far away energy source that um, doesn't, that you can't, put close to some very populated area that might be a huge investment in and of itself and that's why you know you might prevent from investing in 50 gigawatts of solar power because not only do you have to spend a billion dollars building out that solar power plant but you also have to spend two billion dollars getting the grid attached to it and getting all the approvals and everything necessary to sell it to customers so you've You've multiplied your cost uh, before you even start making a return. So that return, like as an investor, somebody who's like, okay, what's the turnaround for this? What's the cost of energy that I can sell this at? What's the cost of getting this up and running and the time? And uh, maybe it's 10 years before I'm actually pulling a profit out of this, out of this system. Now imagine you can immediately plug Bitcoin miners into it and your time to turnaround 
for actually pulling positive return out of this is one year. To somebody who's looking to invest in infrastructure, in, in additional energy production in a solar plant, that's like magic. That before any of this other stuff is dealt with, it can instantly start paying me a return. I can start getting dividends from this investment. And uh, ARK Invest and Square talk about this. You know, it's estimated, this is a great quote, it says it's estimated that there's only 10 to 20 gigawatts of mining capacity worldwide today. So that's the rough amount of capacity for Bitcoin mining. Deploying miners at even 20% capacity with the above 200 gigawatts of delayed solar and wind projects on U.S. grids alone could result in 40 gigawatts of new mining capacity, effectively dwarfing the entirety of the existing global market. So basically what they're talking about in this, and one of the most amazing statistics that they have in this piece, is that there is a vast amount of solar and wind energy waiting to actually be viable on the grid. And, and I don't mean it in the sense that like they can't sell it. I mean it in the sense that literally the, the physical grid is simply not able to handle the capacity. It's, there's too much excess energy and it simply can't accommodate it. And that there's over 200 gigawatts of solar and wind capacity and they specifically say I, I didn't actually i realized i didn't actually get specificity on what they were meaning by this but there's just three u.s grid interconnection queues um so i don't know how i don't have a context for what that means like how many grid interconnection queues are there you know um but uh, roughly to say that this is just a subset of the u.s grid capacity and uh, where there is delay in rolling out new solar and wind projects, but there is over 200 gigawatts. So at minimum, at minimum 10x the entire Bitcoin network's worth of energy that has developers ready to go, financing ready available, and they cannot install it because the grid cannot handle it. And yet Bitcoin miners can soak up all of that excess, because it has no limit to its energy appetite, it can soak up all of that excess while we wait for the grid to get ready to handle it. Another quote from uh, Brett Winton's article um, uh, on the same topic it says, We believe these three-part energy systems should work at all scales and could create interesting opportunities at the residential level particularly if heat waste from Bitcoin mining could be put to use in other applications. Um, so this is, this is another thing that I find so fascinating is that what you're able to do with kind of having a, um, this, this constant sort of check and balance like system where Bitcoin is the ultimate buffer that can always consume whatever excess is there between your energy production, like your solar panel, your energy storage, your batteries, and then your ultimate consumer, uh, the Bitcoin miner, for basically every watt that falls through the gaps between what the storage can actually store, what the solar panel is actually producing, and what the consumer is actually using at the time. So Bitcoin is that, that buffer that just doesn't care. It has no limit. This actually works at all scales. 
is that not only does this scale up to massive, massive plants, but it can work at a residential level. That it can work in a single unit, potentially, and in a household. And that the excess heat can even be redirected. In fact, there was another thing. Um, I think I've talked about this on the show, but there was a, I believe it was in Sweden. There is a company that is actually using local greenhouses, uh, using Bitcoin miners to heat local greenhouses. And that this is actually lowering the margin of cost for producing food at a local level and making it actually compete with the... Um, with large-scale food production, and that it's actually relocalizing energy production because one of the biggest costs in like a city to run a greenhouse or in a, a place that's not like got perfect weather is the fact that it costs, it's just a huge, um, it's just a huge burden. It's just a giant cost with no added benefit of any other except that you can't use, you can't grow the food otherwise to heat it, to keep it warm. And this company is able to actually turn that into an asset rather than just this huge liability where they could potentially do revenue sharing with the, with the greenhouse, with the food producer, and lower or potentially even eliminate one of, the biggest, uh, one of the biggest overheads for growing the food locally. And suddenly, you can compete with the conglomerate halfway around the world. And then if you take that same concept down to a residential level and you're talking about solar and you know utilizing heat energy from those bitcoin miners you can use it to heat your home you can use it to heat your water i mean what is the what is a bigger energy suck than trying to uh heat water water is a massive you know has a massive specific heat in comparison to most other things and it is simply not cheap to heat water well, what do you have to do with your Bitcoin miners? Cool them. So it's just one of the many, many examples of all the ways to rethink how we analyze, consume, and use energy. It's something that can always offload the excess. There is always something that has... Uh, some degree of economic viability, viability, some some way to turn a cost, what was just a cost, into an actual asset, is going to get people to rethink how they use energy and how efficient they are with energy in exactly the same way that it gets people who have invested themselves in Bitcoin asking how many chairs they need. Think about that level of efficiency and frugality. That mindset being taken to the energy production sector while at the same time being able to accelerate the transition in making energy production and information technology and taking it over with software. And that this model alone predicts the viability and the potential, just the potential, of meeting 99% of grid demand with nothing but solar, wind, storage and Bitcoin miners, and essentially eliminating the, the loss of marginal return for additional solar panels and additional renewables past that threshold by basically eliminating that threshold or pushing it to an entirely new plateau, an order of magnitude efficiency increase. Like, who else has that solution? Where anywhere else 
has even remotely that amount of potential in fueling renewable energies? Who has anything even close to that? Anywhere. Somebody, raise their hand. Your stupid political solution, that's going to help us? Not only is Bitcoin going to fix the unsustainable renewable energy projects as they are and remove the need for subsidies and corruption and special interest altogether to actually make it profitable, but while Bitcoin fixes your energy problems, the cherry on top is that we're going to solve a problem that's 10 times bigger the $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities, the impossible and endless empty political promises, the Cantillon corrupt disaster of a financial system that we are stuck under, the bailouts, the QE, the money printing, the manipulation, and the political control that is systematically destroying the nation and really the financial stability and sustainability of the entire world at the same time. So to everyone who has no better solution to, than to whine about how much energy everybody else is using while they tweet from their smartphone in an air-conditioned room and then beg politicians to beat so-and-so with a stick like doing so is going to change the re economic reality of energy production, Bitcoin is going to fix it even though you will hate it because it, is, it, it will be done with progress and by making the world a better place instead of through political dictate and by hurting the people you want to see get hurt and will drag you kicking and screaming the whole way to a more prosperous, clean, and energy-abundant future rather than some dystopia where everybody has to hate themselves for turning their lights on at the wrong time of day. You are welcome. Whew. So, uh... <laughs> this, uh, this topic... We've covered this topic a lot. Um, but, uh, this one... This one was a really, really solid nail uh, in the coffin. People will write it off, um, of course. People will write it off as the, the fundamental energy industry and production uh, like starts to transform over the next few years. We're already seeing it. We're seeing the investment. We're seeing the business models. We're seeing the economic reality and the profit profitability of this. And there is nothing so potent as having the solution to our money be the exact same thing that will be solution, uh, the solution to our energy. Like that is a mix. That is a combination that is just going to bulldoze its way through the global economy. And there will be nothing that can stop it. So you better make sure that you're holding your own keys. Uh, on a Bitbox 02 hardware wallet because um, it's going to get crazy and things are going to change fast. And make sure you have your automatic savings plan with swanbitcoin.com slash guy to uh, prepare yourself for a clean energy, abundant future with sound money and a global frictionless economy because that's where we are headed, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody else can suck it if they think uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> all right guys um i'm out had fun with this one uh thank you for listening i am guy swan this is bitcoin audible and until next time everybody take it easy
This has been a 111 production, and you were listening to Bitcoin Audible on the Crypto Economy Network.